just look over it, hear some videos, just see if there's something you want to do. And so she she comes to me and says, hey, mom, your mom's talking about doing this. What do you think? I told her, no. I said, don't do that. It's like, I'm making enough money now for you to. Welcome to the Smartest Podcast, a show that is dedicated to helping you achieve success. I'm your host, John Colderize Lawson, entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this episode, you will hear from one of the most successful people in the world. So get ready to improve yourself by learning from those who have already found success. Yo, people, what's up? This is your boy, John, and I've got another episode, Smartest Podcast, coming at you. And I got somebody on the other side. His name is Steve Pemberton, right? I get that right, right? Yeah, you got that right. All right. Steve, go ahead and tell folks who you are and what you do. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited to be here. Who I am is, man, that's a that's a loaded question. I don't know how much time you got, but the the main encapsulation of who I am is I am a at one point in time I worked in the corporate world left that job stepped into the business world and since then I've been able to generate over three million dollars in sales doing e-commerce and ever, after e-commerce we pivoted and now we strictly focus on marketing we help our clients be able to get more clients in a simple form to be able to in, increase their impact and the the main shift of why we decided to do that is once we started making money with e-commerce, we just started dumping it back into our community to be able to help underprivileged kids that we saw that there was a palpable need. And that was where our fulfillment came from. And so we wanted to help people that were already movers and shakers that were helping people just help more people. Just helping more people. Yeah, they're yep. helping. Hey, so um, interesting. What was, let's go back. What, what, what did you do in corporate? So what I did in corporate was I was actually a manager. I was a manager at a Fortune 100 company. I was one of the youngest to ever do it. I started entry level, no college degree, no referrals, nothing. I had no experience. And just through hard work and dedication and actually just showing up and implementing the things that the people around me were telling me is how I moved up. And what's very interesting is even right before that, the only reason I had that work ethic is because my wife and I got married really young. We got married when I was 20. She was 19. Our son came along as soon as she turned 20. And we went into business together at a young age at, at 20. I was like, hey, let's just, I'll quit my job. You quit your job. And we're just going to do this thing. And we had no skills, had no money. And we had no real expectation of what life was about to hit us with. And so we ended up losing everything. We, ended, we had to move into a basement with spiders the size of head crawlers off of aliens. Like those things were massive. And then after that, that's when I stepped into that corporate space. And but the the losing everything and being depressed and feeling like a terrible husband and father and all of those things led me to have the work ethic that I did in the corporate space. And so as I progressed up the ladder, moved around from Tennessee to Texas, once I started doing that, I just knew that there was more. And in 2020 is when I actually left that corporate job because I I just knew that there was more to life than just working. And working because for me, I was working 14 to 21 hours a day, five to six days a week. It was just nuts. Yeah, it was not Damn. cool. And I was like, man, if I'm gonna work that much anyways, doing making $60,000 a year, I'm pretty sure I could do that much and, and figure it out out here. And, you know, by by the grace of God, that's what's happened over the last two and a half years or so. So you got into e-com. How did you, you know, uh, 
get introduced to that or how did you find out about the opportunity there? So my wife, I want to honor her because she's the one who she found it first. While I was still in the corporate space, she was the one who found Amazon. And the way she found that was actually through my mom, of all people. And my mom had had hit hit up my wife. My wife at this time was a stay-at-home mom. And my wife had made a post on Facebook, like the number one cardinal sin, you don't do this when you're in your emotions. And she makes this post about not feeling fulfilled in her role as a stay-at-home mom. And so my mom reached out to her and said, hey, here is something that I'm stepping into. It's called Amazon just look over it here's some videos just see if there's something you want to do and so she she comes to me and says hey mom your mom's talking about doing this what do you think I told her no I said don't do that it's like I'm making enough money now for you to actually just stay home I said "Uh, uh-uh, don't do that and she ends up that so this was on Saturday that Monday my mom asked how the the situation was as far as looking over the videos and what she thought about doing the business and my wife said yeah let's do it and I was like the epitome of an unsupportive spouse. I I was marquee unsupportive spouse in every single way. But I just watched my mm-hmm. wife go from someone who, who every single time she got a return or somebody just gave her bad feedback, she would cry. And I watched her go from that in 2018 to scaling that Amazon business to seven figures in 2019. And that's as, as that progressed and I watched her working 17, 18 hours, I was like, okay, she outworking me. So I'm going to make this shift and I'm going to pick up some of the slack, but, and I always love to share this part because people will talk about how much they made in sales, but we kept almost nothing on Amazon. Like those margins were trash. So anyone listening, be fact check the people saying that they made seven figures, how much are they keeping? Because we, we made a million, which was great. But we only kept after splitting it with my mom, I think we only kept like 20,000 after the split and after putting some away to to stay in the business account, there was like nothing. I was making more in corporate and I was not having to do 19,000 transactions and I wasn't having to have a, I wasn't having to employ six people to do this. Like I could just show up, do my job, go home, get a, get a paycheck. And I think that that's a shift that most people miss is like there's power in having a job because you can actually earn and learn at the same time. Most people just want to just be in business, but not have the understanding of whatever everything it takes and even what margins is. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know what a margin is, well, you're going to be out here making $100,000 a month in sales and thinking that you're crushing it, but you're actually not making anything. But yeah, yeah that's how I got an econ in long yeah. form. Yeah, definitely. I've uh, told people, it's like, do you really want to leave your $100,000? And a year job to make forty thousand, um, in a six-figure ecom business, really. Yep. <laughs> and that's facts. It is like, facts. They don't know, like you said, that you got to do the accounting. Yep. You know, so you could turn over a lot of t- inventory. It's not what you make; it's what you keep. That's the yep. most important. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So now you're. So did you ever leave your job to join her in that yes. job too? So as soon as. In 2020 is when I left. So in 2019, we hit that million mark. And then stepping into 2020, right before COVID hit, I went to a a business conference with her. And at this business conference, this is where we made some good connections. But I just, I I was like, oh, this business actually makes sense to me in a structure standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't quite realized being in management and having to do, because I was in supply chain. So I had to know things coming in, things going out, how much it costs, how much it costs to get it in, how much it costs to get it out, you know, cost per head of my labor. So I knew all these different structures and systems. And so that led up to a, a point in 2020 in May. So after everything went down, where 
in May, I started having anxiety attacks for the first time in my life. And I was just bewildered by it. I was like, what, what's going on? And in June, I just felt led to quit my job. Because in, in May, I was sitting there talking to my bosses and I'm like, hey, I'm going through this. I don't even, I don't know why. And it got to the point where I would talk to my boss and be like, look, this, I'm, I'm in the middle of an, of an anxiety attack right now. And just come back and see me in a few minutes. And I, I would, I actually cried in front of my, my, not my boss, but my boss's boss. So that's super embarrassing. But at the same time, the, the response I got was so terrible. It was like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. We'll get through it. Like you don't tell somebody who's in the middle of something like that, that you'll just get through it. You got to do something practical. There's got to be practical steps besides just cheer up, bud. And so in June of 2020, I ended up leaving that job to step fully into Amazon because we were restructuring because those margins were so terrible that we just decided to just scrap everything we had done. And to most people, that sounds nuts. Why would you scrap something that made a million revenue? It's because it's not making anything. I would rather scrap something making a million, bring it all the way down to 300,000 and because if you bring it down to 300,000 with 40% margin instead of 10, right. I'm making, absolutely. I'm making so much more money right. and there's less moving pieces. Yeah, so that's like what I did. You're tripling your income by, exactly. by shrinking the business. Yeah. yeah. And so that was my thought process coming into it. And two months after that, like Amazon shut us down. For those of you who don't know with Amazon, Amazon, when they shut you down, they hold all your money forever and ever and ever. And it's basically as if you had to got to take them to court to get your stuff back. And you, and logically there's a point where it's like, okay, I understand if you, if you shut me down, I've got sales, like you're holding it for returns, but then there should be a grace period after that period, you should just get your money back. So yeah. why is it that you just hold my money? Like you should I mean, hold... after six months, they were still holding. Yes. Wow. I did. It took, it took eight months for us to get that back. Oh my God. And then what about, about the inventory? 60. Oh, we're about to get to that. So okay, 60, they were holding almost $60,000. That's a lot. Yep. And I was at this point in time, we're living off of our savings. Like we had just saved. I took everything out of my 401k because I went all in. And so this hurt. We we're two months away from losing everything. We were living in Texas away from all of our family. Mm. And we had a garage full of inventory. We had set up shop out there. We had shelving and all this systems for our inventory, but we couldn't sell it. And we went to go liquidate it. And they stuff that cost us. 10, $20 a piece, people were like, oh, we'll give you 50 cents for that. So we were going to be way upside down if we liquidated it that way. There's, there was no saving it. And that's when we ended up shifting. We shifted from away from Amazon, thank God, to Facebook and Shopify. And on Facebook and Shopify, this is where skill sets met opportunity. Because at this point in time in 2020, Facebook Marketplace had just opened up shipping. At this point in time, shipping had only been out for a month or two, and nobody understood how to use it yet. And so we got on there. My my wife actually saw a Facebook post, how something was posted on there. She said, hey, I think we've done something like this. Let's just try it. And so we tried it on there. And then within the first month, we made $5,000 that we are actually able to keep, paid the bills. By the end of the year, we helped 3,300 privileged kids help have Christmas within six months. So before we even got Amazon to give us our money back, we were making $100,000 a month. Finally, Amazon gives us our money back. By the end of 2021, we made over a million dollars and we were able to help 137 underprivileged kids have Christmas. But that's how we got there. Like Amazon, Amazon is good if you know how to use it, but it's also, you got to be very aware of what's happening. There's people that we know in the Amazon space that they were making 10, $20 million a year 
And then Amazon came on, saw that how, what their brand was doing, made their own brands, and then kicked them off of Amazon altogether. So you got to be very aware that you're at the mercy of this one platform. If they make a change, if you're all of a sudden you're deemed non-essential, then your sales go away. In 2020 with Amazon, they only allowed you to send in 200 units every two weeks. So if you're doing 200 units a day, your business just got destroyed. Right. Because so you got to be their, aware. Their warehouses could not handle yep. the PPE requests. Yep. So they shut every. So I'm trying to um, uh, dig a little on this. Um, the the Facebook, you mentioned Facebook. Yeah, you mentioned that's when Facebook had turned on shipping. What do you mean? Tell me about that. Yeah. So Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, yeah. So on Facebook Marketplace, for anyone listening, if you go to your Facebook right now, and there's a little thing that looks like a shop, you click on it in this Facebook Marketplace, it looks like Craigslist. But that that's where the shift happened was in 2020. Because it used to just be a local Craigslist and nicer looking. Craigslist. Oh. It was only for local area. You can okay. only do pickup. Yeah. Until 2020, they, sh they shifted it and added shipping. Okay. And as soon as they added shipping, that's when we were able to come in because we were one of the first ones yeah. that were able to utilize that. It was a golden opportunity. <clears throat> we got yeah. to where we were making, where we were getting four or 500,000 views on our stuff with, with like a hundred dollars ad spend. Hmm. It was nothing. The organic traffic was insane. And anyone listening who's in that middle of that where organic traffic is insane, be very aware that it can, it could end in a moment. You're it's at organic, the mercy of that platform. Because it's, it's organic. organic. One yeah. change. And One change. And that's change what happened. The, yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what forced us to like, that's what forced us to make the pivot into marketing was because you got to get good at marketing if you want to stay alive. And that's paid advertising. You mean paid right? advertising? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Because, I, used to, I, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you can't scale uh, organic. It's hard no. to scale organic, but if you find something that's working paid, I can just throw some more money on it. And tomorrow we're doubling, tripling the traffic. Absolutely. Yeah. And that mm. was what we, we had to look into because there was, there was some things that we were able to do utilizing marketplace with my own personal having different shops. So we we're able to capture the organic, mm. but then like, if you're getting that much organic and you know how to do marketing, that's just rocket fuel. And that was what, and again, you're at the mercy of this platform. There was times where I was getting a ton of traffic and I'm sitting there making a hundred, $200,000 a month. Then that would shut us down. They would shut down one of my accounts. And all of a sudden they would say, Hey, we're just doing a standard security check, make sure everything lines up. And then, so you're, you're down doing, for, tw yeah, they're down for too 24 much hours. Yeah. yeah. And you're down yeah. for 24 hours. And when you're down uh, for 24 hours, if you're doing 300 sales a day, that's a huge loss. And then by the time it gets up, all of a sudden, all your organic traffic has gone too. So mm. you're catching it from both sides with, with a single platform. That's why we started utilizing Shopify too, to create this whole system. That way it didn't matter if Facebook went away. It didn't matter what happened. We just, we had our own sources of income, our own sources of traffic, but it's very important for anyone listening that's interested in e-commerce or marketing in general, when it comes to paid advertising, get, get, just get knowledgeable. You don't have to get good by spending a lot. Like just get knowledgeable. If you're getting organic traffic, be it, pay attention to the platforms you're on, make sure that they're doing what they're say, saying they're doing and just never fall in love with the, how much organic traffic you're getting. Mm. Always look for ways to continue to scale, continue to improve. Look at your business as something that's never perfect, but is always improving. And what can you do to continue that train of thought instead of just focusing on, well, I'm doing great right now, so I'm just going to go on vacation. That's what happened to us. We were just like, oh, we're just going to take a vacation. And that's like Facebook, 
bit us in the butt because of that. On vacation. On vacation, yep. <laughs> on vacation. I remember it very well. Uh-huh. All right, so what are you doing today? Is that, Has that brought us all the way up to what you yeah, do yeah. today? So today we we made that pivot to where we just strictly focus on higher we stri- we've strictly focused on high ticket helping coaches, authors, small business owners get in front of their ideal clients through a marketing system called Challenges. There's like Challenges is becoming more prevalent, but most people don't know how a how to do them and b how to implement it correctly. Mm-hmm. Like if for those of you listening or even for you, John, it's like with the challenge, you have Tony and Dean Graziosi just put on a big one not too long ago with over a million people that were in it. Grant Cardone's doing one. Russell Brunson's doing one. So it's an established system, but it's not known very well. Most of the time when I say that we focus on that unique strategy called challenges, people say, well, what's a, what's a challenge? And to, to generalize it is basically the expert here would whoever the expert is, they would be the hero of the story. This is how I found this thing. And then they would also be the guide. This is how you could also discover this thing and how this thing can help you. And the reason why we love that system is because we typically do it for five days. And it's just, you're adding so much value over those first four days before you ask them to give you any money. It's like, hey, this is what my story is. This is how this has helped me. This is what, this is some practical steps so you can take something away. And then whenever you ask for the money, those people are already, they already know, like, and trust you. I find it much more efficient doing that than doing a webinar because for me personally, I got a short attention span. I'm just not going to sit there and watch a four hour webinar and then just pay you on the back end of it. I need to know, like, and trust you. I need to understand who you are and the fact that you're going live and there's that curated group that's happening right there in the comment section of your Facebook group. It just makes it, it just, again, it just adds that feel to it. Because people can see, hey, there's real people in here. People can also see, hey, this is a real person that's going live right now, and it's not pre-recorded. It's it's this person. But that's that's what we do now, and we we love it. Uh, I also help with paid marketing, so people who don't know how to do that, I also help them do that. But we we love doing that overall system because, and I only want to focus on clients that are actually helping people. I, that's why I pivoted away from doing e-commerce because selling throw pillows and selling couches and stuff just wasn't really helping nobody and so yes there's money to be made in e-commerce but i just feel like there's a lot of money to be made yeah it's it's like yes but yes i mean it is a uh, you know you you do become part of just a a gnome you just yes you know here oh i found that i can buy that sell it for and take the money but you're not really you know i got a friend he's got a uh uh business called return by uh you know and basically he works with amazon sellers for their returns especially if they're international seller you know because amazon you remember you you have to have a place in that country to return so he does that for a lot of but he shows he in the last year and a half i think he's in his third building now warehouse right wow and uh yeah wow and i just and i'm like this is all returns. Yep. You know, these are this, how much, you know, transportation costs, warehouses. I mean, he's spending a lot on warehouse costs. You have to have it, you know, air conditioned or heated, you know, it's just so much waste that is going into the Amazon, you know, and I'm, and it's not just Amazon. I'm sure, you know, it's everybody, but it's just, you're not really adding value to people's lives necessarily we 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 do somewhat hurt the planet and things that i'm kind of 
I don't, I'm not a tree hugger per se, but you know, I do care. And it's yeah. just like, man, you know, all the boxes, all the stuff, it's just, you know, the trucks that have to drive it. It's so much stuff. And yep. then we just buy it to return it. Yep. It's insane. But anyway, out of here or there, you didn't want to, you wanted something that could help people. So you found challenges. Why, why challenges? Did you uh, deal with any other thing? How did you get into challenges? Let's say that. We, the reason why we got into challenges was because in the middle of doing e-commerce, we decided to run some challenges on the side of doing our e-commerce. We wanted to help marriages. We felt that that was part of our calling or part of our reason for being here. So we, we were running challenges. Like the reason why we're in challenges and the same reason why we're in e-commerce and helping people in e-commerce is because we were doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't like being that person who just knows something book wise. I'm going to actually have it. implemented it. Yeah. Right. And that's what we did with our challenges. And then after seeing it and understanding it and, and actually being able to, to interact with people in it, like we just loved it. And people were able to, because there's no social proof on us. Like, as far as I don't have 10,000, 100,000 people that follow me on Instagram. So the fact of just watching people come in through an ad that I created, and then they're actually in the group and they're talking to me and they're looking at me as the expert. I was just, it was just wild for us. And then it was like, wait, people actually want what I have to sell. And seeing that and just realizing that you can start wherever you're at. And if you are an expert, if you do have some kind of following or you've been in business for a long time, it's just rocket fuel for you because you have more testimonials. You're more known. For those who aren't known, it still works, but just not to the same capacity. And I want to clarify that before I ever take somebody on. Mm. Like a client I'm working with right now, he's on Forbes, entrepreneur. He's been on MSNBC, Good Morning America. He's done all the stuff, but he's never run a challenge and he didn't know how to. And for us, we do it all. We do it from the beginning to the end. We do your front end marketing, build all your funnels. We've set up the Facebook group. We do everything, help you with the offer. Like you just got to sell your offer and you got to handle the rest. You got to handle the client fulfillment. But the reason why we do it all is I just want the expert to show up and share and then leave. Make it easy. It's it's as if you're a speaker. If you're a speaker, you don't have to go set up the stage and go set up the lighting and go set up the the curtains. Like you just show up and you speak on your piece and then you go home. Right. And that's the same thing that we've built with our company is doing that for people. So it's a turnkey solution. End to end, you come in, uh, get with you guys. What's the name of your company? Holoco. Okay. So we get Holoco and we are like, Hey, I got the message. You help us to put together the front end where it's going to allow people to sign up for whatever. Do you help them put together? Like, you know, what is it that I'm going to do a challenge on? Yes. So we do, it's like you said, turnkey. And what I, and typically what I'll do is there's most people who have been in business or they've been an author, they have a, they have steps that they took in their book or in their life. And so I just ask them, or even in their, their coaching program, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, what would be step one? What's step one, two, three, what's the sexiest steps. And then once I get those steps, we just arrange it in a way that you're taking them on a journey and it makes sense. You can actually add real value because that's important. I, w- I want someone who doesn't take your offer to actually still be able to have an actionable step to move forward. I don't want it to just be just smoke and mirrors and just to get them to pay, like actually help somebody because the more people you help, the more people are going to be willing to pay you. And that's again, turnkey. We help with the, we even help with that too. Like your story, we help synchronize all of it. 
to be able to make it the most efficient, not only for you, but also for the listener. Because you've been doing this for a while with a lot of different uh, industries. Is there something that has come to you and, uh, you know, you're like, eh, I don't know if that would be good for a challenge or is it really like I can do a challenge on anything? I I have yet to run into something that you can't do a challenge on. Now, I would say it's funny. That's actually a great question. I think that the the one thing that would be terrible to do a challenge on is if you're trying to sell e-commerce products yeah, yeah. like that would be that'd be dumb because you're going to spend all this front end money to get people into a group for them to hey now that you're here you're sharing info on how you found your product how you created it and then you're like hey go buy this it's ten dollars on amazon here's the link like that you just would never recoup your front end costs you'd always be upside down mm. now if you're selling a coaching program on how you, to find a product how to get it to Amazon, how to do all that stuff, then yeah, that that would be great. But just actually selling a product through it, I just okay. So not necessarily great for physical goods. Yes, unless I mean, there's a way to do it if it's incorporated. Like let's say that again, just using the e-commerce example, that you are doing a coaching, and let's say that through your coaching, you have a physical product that helps them. Like let's say you have sleep aid pills, or you have something that helps them stay focused, then you could do that as an upsell on the front end. Mm. Hey, this is going to actually benefit you more in the challenge. If you get this now, you can get a bundle of two for 10. If you go buy it on Amazon, it's 10 for one. But I want to help you have the most success you possibly can in this challenge. So here it is. So you actually could <laughs> capture sales on the front end. That's good. <laughs> but that, yeah, so you can do it. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not bad, actually. If I was, a, you know, had a product like that, that helps with focused attention. Then I put something on that you need to focus attention on and say, yep. Hey, by the way, you can be even more successful with this. If you buy our pills. Yep. <laughs> That's, cool. That's cool. All right. You said normally you do about five days. Have yep. you tested other links? You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Most people we've always done five. We've uh -huh. tested out with some clients, three, some uh -huh. want to do seven, yeah. but I just found that five is a sweet spot. There's some people I know they do a 30 day challenge and I've watched them do it for, from a distance. I ain't doing that. That's every single day, Yes. but I've watched them do it. And then all of a sudden they ain't doing it no more. So I know that right. that's, that's not working and that's not profitable right. because it doesn't take 30 days. I don't know about you, but I'm, if, if I had to, the only place that I used to show up every single day for, I didn't even show up every single day for my job. I just realized that I didn't say, show up every single day to go to school. So why would I show up every single day? to watch something like mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to the movie theaters every single day to watch the same movie. I'm just mm -hmm. not. So that, that I find it that the five day span is the best for people to know, like, and trust you, understand who you are, why they should invest in you and even their attention. Why should they invest their time first? And then making that offer drop by the time you do it on that fourth day, it doesn't feel rushed and it doesn't feel as if you've underserved. Like those people will be really served if they decide to take it. Great. If they decide to not take it, great. They actually have palpable, actionable steps. So uh, advice on like um, paid challenges or free challenges. Uh, that what is you, great. What you're thinking there? Question. For me, for us, what I, I personally love to start with a free one because unless you are really known, you need to get people in so they can know who you are because it'll snowball. So if you only get 10 people in for the first one, you're going to keep doing this. You just do a challenge a month. So the next time you get maybe 10 more people in, now you got 20. And let's say the next time you get 30. So now all of a sudden you're up to 50. It it makes more sense to do it free 
and get really good at your content and how you structure your content and then the back end offer to cover mm -hmm. the front end cost. Mm. If you have, if you actually have a good following or you have people that, and good following just means people who are engaged. You could have a thousand That's person correct. email That's list correct. that is engaged. They, let's say 200 of them are engaged. They mm -hmm. Everything that you send, they, they open it. Then do a paid one. Then do a paid one that you make it cheap. You can do one for $30. Or I don't know why, but it, everyone wants to do like 35 or 37 mm -hmm. or 27. Right. But however you want to do it, then do it paid. There's some people that do a $97 one. If you have great information, then do a $97 one. And mm -hmm. those people already know, like, and trust you. Maybe they bought from you in the past. If you can get 100 people in paid, you're going to convert much more of them on the back end than out of yeah. a free one. Yeah. And that's that's the 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 pros Because they're already invested. They're already exactly. invested. Matter of fact, but, and they'll show up for all five days. All five days and do the yeah. homework. And yeah, they'll be engaged in the group. So a paid one, if you if you have if the you engagement. If you can pull it already, off, right. If you, you can, can pull, pull it off. Right. If you have the engagement beforehand, then that's the best route. If you don't have the engagement beforehand, free is the best route. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. It seems like there was one other thing I wanted to tap into. Oh, a pricing. Just a, a pricing on the end offer. Um, is there any kind of guidelines on that part that you might say, can I do a 10,000, 5,000? Yeah. Just, the client we know, have right now, he's doing 12,000. 12,000 on the back end. On the back. Yep. Okay. okay. And I, it, it's through the way that we do the marketing on the front end, by the time they get to your challenge, they are already qualified. And what I mean by that is that, like, I'm targeting people that are already in a certain percentile range income wise. I'm targeting that they're business owners, they're CEOs, they're people who have money. That way, if and now I want to say this part too, is your, your marketing costs may be higher. It may yeah. cost you more to acquire somebody, but they're going to be qualified when they come in. Right. And so it's, it's about the quality of the lead, not how cheap you can get a lead. No. And go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Keep the end. So and with that being said is you can sell anything on that back end. It's really about your pricing and how much value you feel you're offering. What is your value? I've seen some people like this guy, he's doing 12 grand. We did one when we first started, we were doing 400 on the back end. Now, now we'll do with some of our other clients has been, you know, typically we keep it in the four figures. Well, I like that range a little better, but it doesn't necessarily matter. I think if you're trying to convert the most people and get the most people in, then having a four figure one is the best. But if you mm -hmm. really, because for our client now is he can only take a certain amount of clients per rotation. So it makes sense to have a higher ticket. You qualify them on the front end. You're qualifying them through the challenge. Then by the time they get to you, maybe you have a sales call before they can even buy. So you qualify them again. And so you have really good okay, clients. So, you, so he's sending them to, that was my question. Yep. So he's sending them to an application. Right. For the higher ticket. For the for high, high ticket. High ticket, yeah. Right, right. So he's closing on the on the call. Got yep. it. Okay. Yeah. But are you seeing that you can do challenges in the four figures without Yeah, and you don't have to do the sales call. You don't right? have to do the sales call. Okay. Nope. Okay. Interesting. Because these people now know, like, trust, realize, hey, you know what you're talking about, the whole nine. And then you talked about uh uh Facebook groups. Yep. Um so is that part of that strategy too, yes. is to build this? What is the, what's the Facebook group do for them? So what the Facebook group does is that's where, just to break it down, is you're doing paid marketing on the front that pushes to a funnel. When they opt in and the funnel, it sends them to a Facebook group. 
And so you're congregating everyone in this Facebook group. And the reason why is the more people you have congregated in there, they'll they'll start talking to each other. They'll be excited. Maybe you drop a, a, a post in there, just getting people hyped up, but you're driving engagement and you make sure that it's private. That way, just no random stranger comes in. They actually have to come in through your funnel. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. You actually want to be able to track your leads because then you can market to them later. That You can Mm -hmm. hit them from two different directions or multiple, really. But getting them there, and that's also where you go live. So typically, it'll be a Zoom, and you go live straight from Zoom. And this also gives you leverage, too. You can go that way. Somebody's not just in there, in your Zoom room, just talking to you the whole time. You're trying to mute them every single time they speak you're going live into that group, you're adding the value. And you can also do upsells where you can let people into the Zoom room, but they had to pay to get there. Mm -hmm. So if they pay and they're in the Zoom room, they can sit there and they can follow along with you. And then maybe you share 15 minutes with them afterwards. Hey, everybody, for everyone that's part of the free challenge, thank you so much for being here. For any of you that have paid for the (laughs) VIP, thank you so much for being here. We're actually going to stay on for 15 minutes for everyone else. See you guys tomorrow. And that's just a strategy we use to drive more people to, to pay up front because then that's liquidating that upfront cost and you're, you're adding more value. Hey, this was the questions I had based on what you shared today. Can you just give me insight? Mm-hmm. So it, it actually works both ways. It works to add that value and it works to actually mitigate the front end cost. Great. Great. Any specific platform that you use other than Zoom, you give me Zoom and that any, any other platforms you really like? Not, you know, I mean, you, whatever works the best to, for you. Okay. Like we've had some people that I've seen, they'll use Groove or they'll use uh, StreamYard. So you can use OBS. There's a lot of different ways you can do it mm-hmm. as far as the streaming platform. It's just whatever works for you and it, and it works in compatibility with Facebook. But besides that, no, <laughs> it's not. The, this system isn't crazy. You don't have to have a hundred different apps to make it work. There's some, because for us, we, we love ClickFunnels. Like we found great success with ClickFunnels and we have early access to ClickFunnels 2.0. So with those funnels, that all includes the the email automation, all that stuff. So that's handled on the front end. Like for you, it's just as a speaker, what works best for you? What are you comfortable with? Because it's about the comfort level for the speaker more than anything else. Mm, Very good. Very good. So like you mentioned uh, about doing multiples. So first time you had 10, next time you might get 20. And are you all always putting them, dumping them in the same group or are you making groups for each? No, I'm putting them in the same group because this is, and this is where the strategy call that we have at the beginning, whenever someone signs up is very important Mm -hmm. because I want to make sure that this is what you want to do, that this isn't what you want to do just this month. Just one off. Yeah. If you're, if you're just going to do one off, then I hope you have a big budget because if you do a one off, then you're going to have to spend more money to get more people there. And then you're going to have to make sure you're converting them because you're not going to be in there again. Mm. Now, that's why we always pitch ours as a three challenge bundle, because the first one, everyone wants to make money. I get that. But the first one, as a speaker, you have to know how it works. You got to know, does this work for you? Does it, how, how does it, how do I interact with the people? You can be great on camera, but that doesn't mean that it necessarily works the same as if somebody's asking you a question and it distracts you. You got to know, how does it work as a holistic system? And then the second one, you can start to earn by the third one. Then you're all you're, ah. you're full steam ahead. Ah. And that's where we found the most successes in that three range because it's, it's snowballing in multiple ways. One is your marketing is snowballing. The pixels are understanding who you need. So you're getting more people at a lower cost. It's snowballing because everyone's in the same group. And it's snowballing because you as the expert actually understand how to sell. 
to the masses instead of just one to one instead of on a sales call and you actually know how to provide value in a shortened time frame and that's it it, it works in conjunction with everything how long do these uh, sessions last per day about 45 minutes to an hour okay okay not too long not too long yep. all right fantastic all right look man I appreciate you coming on. This has been absolutely fantastic information. I got one last question for you. This is a question I ask of everyone. What did I not ask you that I should have? That is a great question. What you didn't ask that you should have is, man, there's just because of the the story we have, <laughs> yeah. like just taking more time to dive into as a person who I am, because I Ooh. love talking about business. But just uh, the story that we have about even how we got to the business, you know, being depressed in the basement, the actual mindset shift, mm -hmm. because I think that that's so radically important. People want skills. But if you don't have if you don't have the mind to actually implement those skills, you're going to be stuck forever. There's someone very near and dear to me, so I won't name them, but they've spent over one hundred thousand dollars on courses, on mentors, on masterminds, and they have no, they have never built a business, never taken the action. One hundred thousand. They've got more skill sets. They've got more contacts. They've got everything more than me. Why have I been able to, to, to make multiple millions online? Because I implement and I implement, I go, I'm not the smartest dude. I'm not the best at anything, at anything. I just go, I just do it. If somebody cusses me out. Okay, great. Next person. Because I'd rather learn a good piece of information and implement and see if it works for me. That's how we got good at, at challenges. That's how we got good at, at Facebook marketing. I lost almost $2,000 on Facebook marketing because the person that I listened to, I went and implemented and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So did I actually mm -hmm. lose that money or did I learn something with it? If I'd invested that 2000 into a course, I still would have had to invest money to see if it works. So for me is I would, I'm going to go learn the information, invest it into that skill set, and just see what works, what doesn't work and how do I make it work? But I think that that's one of those questions that most people overlook is, how, what did what did your mindset have to go from losing everything in a basement, being a corporate worker to being in business? Because those are all different ways of looking at myself. I've had to reiterate three different times hmm. just to be able to be in this position. But that's one of the biggest things is if for, for anyone listening, if you take away anything is go work on yourself, go invest in you, because who you are as a person mentally is going to dictate where you go financially. If you see yourself as lesser, you will always be lesser. That's why I see people that I know that are near and dear to me that won't hear my advice and they are poverty all the time. Like you have direct access to me. I charge people $5,000 for my time and you, I'm giving you, giving it to you for free, but yet you won't take the advice because it's, it, your head, the headspace is messed up. Yeah, yeah. And that's the biggest piece of advice I could give anyone is just work on your headspace. Hmm. Work on that headspace and then everything else will start aligning. Then it'll make sense the skill sets you have. Then you can actually implement it. And then you'll actually see real physical success. Man, I tell you, this has been absolutely fantastic information, exciting stuff. And if people want to work with you, follow you, get more information from you, where do they go? So the, the three best places is one Facebook. Just look up Stephen Pemberton. Look for the dude who looks like Jason Momoa or Aquaman. And then that's probably going to be me. That one. Instagram's a great place. Same thing. Stephen Pemberton there. And also our website, holoco.com slash challenges. 
if you want to learn more about that. And also that's where you can schedule a call. And I always love to say this, this is not a sales call. If there's anything I can do for anyone listening, just to help give you a next step to help you in your headspace, I'm willing to give that time. Because I, the same thing I said about the challenge, I know that if I add enough value, if I do enough stuff for free, I will make money off of it. And it's not even for that in purpose, but at the same time, it's just that realization that way you can actually help somebody just to help somebody. And then they'll remember, oh, shoot, this person just helped me to help me. And so now I'm in business. Now I need this. I can just go to them. I trust them already. But that's that's why I give away that call. And it is me. It's not like I had I had somebody right. pull, pull over yeah, my yeah. eyes once where they're like, yeah, schedule my, schedule this call, call with me. And with then I scheduled yeah. a call with them. And then John showed up and I was like, yeah. hey, John, where's uh, where's Bill? It's like yeah. Bill was the guy who I scheduled the call with. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, that if you schedule a call with me, I, my top sales guy does not show up. It is Stephen Pemberton <laughs> that shows up. <laughs> I appreciate that. At least for now, Stephen. You know, I mean, you might get so so busy that you can't handle it. Yeah. And you put in that team, but I appreciate that. You know, uh, a fact that you're like, look, I'm dedicated to really just helping people. You know, and and as long as you have that in you, it'll come back at you tenfold. Yep. I appreciate that. I receive that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, hey, you hang out, uh, but everybody else, y'all got to go. All right. So we are (laughs) out of here for now. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the smartest podcast. I hope you found that conversation helpful and inspiring. So be sure to subscribe and do not miss any future episodes. Until next time, enjoy your journey of success. Thanks for listening.